Welcome everybody back to Velo Sound Interview Sunday. And today I think we should start a little differently. Like Sears Navin, wie geht's euch? Super. <laughs> so to, cl to clue it up, I'm very, very happy to have um, a band from Vienna, from not right around the corner, but Germany speaking right around the corner here on our show, Fallangst. Thanks for being on the show, Julia, Philip. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. You're welcome. So um, uh, I, I, I'm very happy that, to know that at least one person can answer the question that I always start with. What is the kind of band merch that you're wearing today? What kind of band merch we're yes. wearing today? Well, I'm wearing, as you can see, I'm going to stand up a little bit. Uh, this is a tribute band to Joy Division. And um, they're, a, they're a band from the southern USA, and I came across them via the internet. And I even ordered a t-shirt and the vinyl because they're so amazing. They really get the that um, Joy Division sound okay. really well across. And as I saw that they, they're called... Uh, yeah, go on. Koi Division, yeah, but they were fish masks. Okay. And they refer everything to fishing so it's not um it's an ideal of fishing for instance and stuff like that so what i like very much about this like joy division i mean gods yes if you of course for me as a bass player they are a great i mean peter hook and so on not the nicest person on earth but brilliant bass player yeah. uh yeah and i like that humoristic take to to a goth um thing kind of like mm -hmm. Of God, so let's let's take it easy a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm also wearing um, oh, it's the other way. Um, a nice Neubauten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like that kind of childish humor very much. <laughs> yeah, and at the same time, also very serious at times, right? Philip, yes. any band merch that mm. you are wearing? Uh, no, actually, no band merch today, um, but merchandise for uh, Tatooine. I stand up right now. Um, it's the planet Luke Skywalker was raised on. So, if anybody's so listening to this, made. if anybody's listening to this or watching this and needed that explanation, then get the hell out of here. That's one one. No, for me, like I, I never cared about Star Trek. I also don't care about. Star Wars, one to three, uh, one to three, and seven to nine when it comes to storytelling. But if you don't know what Tatooine is, then you you missed out on pop culture for the last fifty years and been living under a rock. Uh, yeah, I also always pluck my stuff that I'm wearing, not our sh not our own merch, which we sometimes have, uh, but a band from Switzerland called Ashtar, um, with my friend Nadine doing all of the guitar stuff and everything. Great black metal band. So if anybody wants to listen to that, check it out. Um, I also always like to ask where I'm catching you right now, because I hope that you're not in any kind of rehearsal space or even worse, at work. No, um, at home. Okay, okay. Yep, definitely. At home. After, and, and and you both, I just both have this Vienna? thing here so you don't see the mess. Well, <laughs> that's why I always blur my background. Although today it's even uh, today it's even watchable. Uh, 
my my little the one poster that it's I have fine. in my office. Yeah, God Godspeed. Um, love that. So, but you both live in, in Vienna. Yep. <laughs> yes. But and as Vienna is... yeah. again, please, Julia. The, the 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 two other band members they live in Lower Austria, but they're within driving distance or commuting distance. So, but as Vienna is such a vast city because it basically has not a lot of skyscrapers, um, do you live in in within the city limits or again like Neustadt or something like that? Neustadt is far away from you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in um, good old central Vienna, we have. Both of us were very blessed to live at the heart of the city where you just have to, I don't know, walk a couple of meters and you're there wherever you want to be. Very, very cool places. I'm very blessed. Yeah, um, we'll come to the city of Vienna in a moment because I think that in some way it reflects also on your, on your sound. But for everybody who is not familiar with your band, which is a shame because then you haven't been following Veil of Sound closely over the last few weeks because we already had a review of a new record. Um, could both of you quickly say what you do in the band? Well, for me, it's easy. I'm the bass player. Uh, I also make visuals and videos, but I think Philip's part is much more uh, important. No, I wouldn't say so. It's um, it's more diversified, maybe, um, because um, I sing... And I also um, I play the metalophone, and I also do um, additional electronics. Um, I have a sample pad, and I I play some kind of beats and um, yeah, additional electronics. Um, very simple, but I would like you also to make. You also make visuals. Uh, yeah, sometimes I make visuals. Yeah. There is something, Philip, that I would like to, to jump right into. You said that you play the metallophone, the metallophone. Do I simply have to imagine it like a vibraphone, but with metal bars? No, kind of um, a bit a bit smaller. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's like a xylophone, but, mm -hmm. but with metal bars. Okay. A vibraphone is, is pretty large. It is. And, it is. And the metallophone that I use is is, is quite small. Mm -hmm. it's like but, one meter but the the way of creating sounds or getting sounds out of it is the same as with a xylophone right yeah 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 just with just with metal bars mm -hmm. now you've already mentioned the other two people in the band uh, dion and alfred um but it seems to me and i also looked it up that sometimes you refer to yourself as a kind of collective is that right um, so. Yeah, one could say so. I think it um, it it comes from maybe our political background that we like to do stuff collectively, and um, our decisions are um, are based on a on a consensus um, um, principle. So um, everybody has to agree. If one person in the band says um, no, I I won't do this, then then we don't do it. Okay, so, so it's not even democratic. It's total consensus no. does that sometimes yeah. hinder your way of going about things be it writing be it performing is there does it make it harder for you uh i mean maybe sometimes i don't know 
um, it makes it more um, um, complicated sometimes. Mm -hmm. Julia, you wanted to say something? Well, um, I think, I mean, we're four people with, with a very similar view of the world. So, yes, of course, there are sometimes discussions, but I think discussions are very important. And it's uh, so, so we usually find an agreement uh, like uh, mm -hmm. so it's not like, no, I don't want to do that. No questions asked. OK, OK. okay. So, we, OK. And why do you want to do that? Is there perhaps something that we, we could change about it uh, so it would be OK with you? So we try to find a solution. But in some cases, it's just, uh, OK, I'm just not feeling well at that situation, whatever. Or I just doesn't drink true with me. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I'm. And I think it's actually quite good because um, what we do is 100% us and there is no one mm -hmm. who's just a passenger. I think that... Philip, you go ahead. I think, I think the, um, the most um, strong discussion point that, that we were having um, was about plane shows where, um, where me personally, um, I didn't want to do a gig with some other bands or at some specific venue. Mm -hmm. And the other three members would have been okay with it. Um, not enthusiastic, but okay. And 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 I said, no, I don't want to do the show. Um, so we didn't do it. So. Philip, can you, without dropping any band names or venues, can you give an example what you mean with, I don't want to play that show? Yeah, sure. Um, there, there are a few um, metal uh, venues in Vienna where there are uh, constantly bands playing who play either some kind of um, porn grind bands who have like really um, um, disgusting lyrics and um, um, songs and lyrics um, fantasizing about raping women, even if they don't mean it seriously. Um, at least that's that's what they always say. They don't mean yeah. it seriously, but um, it's just a comical uh, version. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, bands like that, and um, or venues where they are um, not right wing um, events, but events that are open to bands like mm -hmm. Freiwild or, or Böse Onkels or stuff like that, Krautzone bands. And I don't know, we don't want to have nothing to do with that kind of stuff. So, Which is a good um, thing. invitations to play there, but we, mm -hmm. we declined. Um, maybe again for our visitors outside of the German-speaking community in Central Europe, uh, the two bands that Philip referred to, uh, Böse Onkels and Freiwild from southern Tyrol um, in, in the north of Italy. Uh, they have strong roots in the right-wing or fascist music scene in Germany. And if anybody out there wants to now criticize me for saying so, fuck you. Um, and I can to I, I can only totally support Philip saying I don't want to share a stage with those people or play in a venue where those guys are also allowed to play. Um, which does not mean that we should not discuss topics like fascism. But this is a music scene. And if you want to talk politics with me, talk to me straight. Then we can do that. But prepared to talk to a very stubborn 
leftist person who didn't for nothing beat the shit out of Nazis in the 90s. I want to come back to the band that I'm talking with because I also like their, let's say, sense of humor. Um, I already wrote in my review that uh, Fallangst is a portmanteau. It's a combination of words which function very nicely and on different levels. Uh, so first of all, I have to know Fallangst. I guess you don't mean the nearly homophonious sound of phalanx, which is an old Greek military style. I guess you rather are combining the words phallus and angst, right? Um, no, the no. <laughs> um, at least it was not our um, intention when we started. It has a, a very, a very simple um, explanation. Um, uh, Fall is only um, um, the approbation of uh, Philip and Alfred. So me and Alfred. Um, I had such a nice version. Okay, go Yeah, on. we had bands in the, in the early 2000s um, that was called Fall. It was just me and Alfred. And we were playing um, just sort of um, industrial punk, um, not very serious. Um, and Dion had a solo project and it was called Project Angst. Oh. And we decided to um, to play some shows together, and um, yeah, the name was Fall and Project Angst combined. So mm -hmm. we decided on Fall Angst. Mm -hmm. So um, all the things you said um, just developed later, maybe, but the, mm -hmm. the original sense was just as mm -hmm. I said. But if you had to decide between two of those ideas behind or interpretations of a name. I guess you would probably still prefer phallus angst, right? Like the the fear of the male genital, right, Julia? Um, well, um, when the, when the guys contacted me in 2015 mm -hmm. because they were looking for a bass player, mm -hmm. I thought, okay, that's a weird name. And so I did some research and mm -hmm. I just went to the band's homepage and then I said, oh, come on, seriously? <laughs> but I thought, oh, then I then I did some more research. Uh, I saw stuff about yeah, we played squats. Uh, we are related to the squat to the squatting scene. So I thought, ah, okay, okay, it's gonna be fine. So I'm gonna gonna be fine there. I mean, as a woman, it's always a, a strange thing if you if strangers ask you to to come to a soundproof rehearsal room. You always want to check twice. Yeah, and it is it's sad but true that, that um, well, I'm very happy I went downstairs there. But, uh, Yes. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, is that something that you generally like? Playing with ambiguity? Not necessarily only when it concerns track titles, but in general? Um, I, never, I never really thought about it, but I guess yes. Probably. Because I mean, like we a lot of time, Yulia, you go ahead. Yeah, we have a thing with irony and self-reference, um, especially when you look at the videos. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why I joined this band was that they had published a video uh, called for the song "Hard uh, Hardwire," mm -hmm. uh, where you see people sitting in a cafe house in Vienna. Cafe houses like this for our non-European listeners, watchers. 
um, well, a place where people hang out in Vienna, have some coffee and can stay all afternoon. And, and we're not talking about Starbucks. Absolutely not. The greatest, greedy kind of, of place there. And the, they, they have this, this uh, concept where, well, basically people, to cut the long story short, people are sitting there in slow motion and are getting bored as hell. <laughs> so you watch like for 10, 12 minutes, Philip? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, 12, I think. 12 minutes, you watch people who are bored in slow motion, lighting another cigarette, messing around with the ashtrays. And um, this video also was referenced in another video that Alfred did uh, for a last, uh, a previous album, Phase 4. So you see someone watching that video and uh, the reaction that he shows. And in our latest um, album, Alfred made another similar video where again, you have people in, in whiteouts, the video white whiteout. If you look, if you look closely, you will see they're actually watching um that hard wire video again and it's a bit of an easter egg so i would say i think mm -hmm. sometimes there are little easter eggs mm -hmm. which is of course very very nice for people who have been following your band you know to mm -hmm. see that okay this is not an overarching concept but you know they they show us that or the band shows us that they um they know about the hardcore fans who like okay who are looking for stuff like that right um and that is something that is also very cool and when you talk about you know people watching a video that was made for one of your songs and that watching process being turned into a video again that is like the meta uh level of it all right you know self-referencing yourself in a way that is First of all, not boring, and second of all, also very hypertextish. Um, and that very often, at least in literature, is connected to the idea of, of avant-garde, right? But now my question is: is that is that term avant-garde? Is that something that you would take as a compliment or as an insult? I would take it as a compliment. I mean, um, I'm. I think we wouldn't call ourselves avant-garde, but um, it's um, um, the whole um, avant-garde kind of scene is surely something that has had an influence on us. So, I would take it as a compliment personally. Julia, how about you? You too. Well, um, with my other musical projects, I am I'm rooted in the impro scene, and uh, I'm I am also rooted in the in the avant-garde scene in Vienna. And uh, so, yeah, for me, it is um, definitely a compliment um, because, uh, well, it is about exploring, isn't it? Definitely. And avant-garde are the people who, well, scout the way. Right? That, that is people. something that I want to tell That's the direct translation. Yeah. So, yeah. The front fighters. So, yeah, I definitely see it as a compliment. Mm -hmm. When we talk about multiple layers of meaning, um, when listening to your tracks, one very easily recognizes the multiple layers of sound that you also play with. So how long does it take to get a song, or one of your songs, to the point where you say, okay, 
Now we can go on and record it. Three years? Uh, quite long. But you okay. have to take into account that we don't rehearse every week because we have family and stuff. And then there was Corona and stuff. So, uh, but uh, from the first, uh, well, beginning, that's usually made by Dion, who brings in an idea, concept, a backbone of the song, uh, to actually studio track. I would say like three years. Wow. Sometimes more. Yeah, I mean, the song, the song um, is kind of finished before that. And we also play that songs live. But before going to the studio, we um, we try to think about it. And um, on the last album, we talked with our producer. The last two albums were um, produced by um, Alexander Watakin, who, who is a friend of ours and, and produced the last records. And... And he um, he gave his opinion, and we changed the songs, which we already played live. But we we changed some elements of the song. So I think um, the time until we can play a song live is not that long. It's maybe some weeks or or one month or maybe two months. But before going to the studio, we kind of overwork the songs. Um, and try to try to reduce some things, try to add some things. Yeah. Refine, so would you rework, find better options, and so on? So would like you with, say with that? Love... You go ahead, Julia. Now you go ahead before I say. Sorry. Something. No, no, you go. Uh, uh, with with what a time to be alive, for instance. Um, the intro, um, and I'm just the bass player. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I made multiple choices and mm -hmm. changes uh, mm -hmm. towards the end because, I, okay, yeah, 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 this works, this is okay, it sounds beautiful, but it's still not. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a while, and uh, what I like very much about this project, that the time is given, that we do take the time for, for this, that uh, we say, yeah, 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 it's, mm -hmm. it's quite good, but little knobs are turned, little details are changed, and... Um, yeah, I like that we take the time for that. Mm -hmm. It's not like, so, okay, song finished, come on, next one. Mm -hmm. So would you say that apart from this very consensus process of songwriting, another quality feature of your way of doing it is a constant re-evaluation of the song before recording it? Yeah, sure. sure. But once it's done... Mm -hmm. As in stuff that then we really don't change much anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, as you said, um, there there are so many different layers um, um, of sounds, um, and that makes it kind of difficult to to record all those layers. Um, so before going to the studio, we have to think about if we um, if we don't want to reduce some layers, so mm -hmm. that. Um, that they don't get in the way of each other. Mm -hmm. um, or that Dion, um, for example, um, he sometimes he plays very bass heavy synth lines mm -hmm. and which sometimes can get in the way with Julia's bass lines. Mm -hmm. So before going to the studio, we have to think about if Dion maybe can, can reduce the bass synth lines or um, um, change, 
change them or um, uh, Julia plays some of the Bain's lines of, of Dion. So um, because it's it's difficult going into the studio with so many layers upon each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you write, you said that you also basically test them on stage, right? So do you also, when you start writing, think about, okay, how can we perform this line? Not in the beginning, I would say. Well, Julia, I think I think the the how can we play this live? I mean, this this is something I think we have always in the back of our mind because we we know that uh, we're not bringing in a string quartet. Would if there nice, is though. a string quartet sound, then it's then it's uh, synthesizers. Mm -hmm. But we're not. Uh, we don't, okay, and now we need a real trombone. Mm -hmm. So we don't even start with a real trombone, for instance. Uh, so in that way, yeah, we 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 think of viability and uh, makeability, like from mm -hmm. the very start. Yeah. One quick question that struck me when I prepared the review a few weeks ago: um, the new record isn't on Bandcamp. How did that happen? <laughs> uh, it's because um, for the first time we are on a real record label. Um, our, our last, um, records came out on our own record label, um, which is just some kind of vehicle for, for releasing our own stuff. So it's all very, um, DIY, uh, we come out of the DIY, um, punk hardcore scene. So, um, we're, we're used to uh, releasing our records ourselves, but now for the first time we're on a real record label, uh, nice appeal records. And they asked us to not release it on Bandcamp yet. It's going to be released in a few weeks. Which is cool. And, uh, you know, if, if anybody wants to listen to it uh, via streaming, they will find it somewhere. Um, if you haven't found it, you can find the link on our website. <laughs> and then go ahead and buy it, for Christ's sake. <laughs> um you have now, correct me if I'm wrong, you have done six full-length records. Um, and of course, I mean, like we already heard that Julia joined at a later point, and of course there have been changes to the lineup and all of that. But um, have you recognized any changes in the way of sound or in the way of producing and writing over the last couple of years when you have been in this lineup or also before yeah um it's um, um five full length albums oh when i miscalculated it's, sorry it's, i, I it's i'm an english and... teacher i don't do maths yeah. no, no. i i i i i think he, he means oh i know because album. one is a remixed one yeah. right ah yeah, yeah it's it's five it's five regular albums one remix album and one soundtrack so it's i don't know five and a half maybe but getting back to the question, uh, did you recognize any changes? Um, since since Julia is in the lineup, in um, not so in general, sure. Um, our our first album it was uh, it's 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 very different to the to the stuff we do today. It's um, uh, much more raw and. Um, Heavy, I would say maybe it's just some 
some slow down break beats with um, kind of doom guitars laid over it. Um, there's not so much um, sophistication. Um, it's it's very different to the stuff we do today. Um, yeah, but since Julia changed, um, I don't think there's a a, a big change of things. Um, maybe the heavy parts are a little less nowadays. But that's not because of me. That's in spite of me. Yeah, yeah. Julia always. <laughs> I always say, "Hey, more, more, more heavy. Give me more." Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who says. <laughs> you yeah, uh, to say, "Oh no, yeah, you got Guys are just getting old, Julia. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I said that I want to talk about Vienna because a, my wife's relatives are partially in Vienna, um, although they're not Austrian. Um, and uh, second of all, because I like the city a lot, uh, and also because it's a city that uh, nurtures my needs of morbidity. Um, would you agree that in a way, I mean, like when listening to your music, it always has like a certain, let's say, post-apocalyptic appeal to me. It sounds like like what happens after Blade Runner? That's what Phalanx sometimes sounds like. Um, would you say that a city that is as fascinated with morbidity as Vienna is a good breeding ground for your kind of music? Yeah, sure. Definitely. And, I mean, the rest of Austria surely makes the mood, especially if you live somewhere in the country, especially as a female. Uh, but in Vienna, you have the options to find uh, other people um, who are willing and able to turn this stuff into music. Mm -hmm. So I would say there is lots of depressing post-upward stuff all over Austria. Mm -hmm. But in Vienna, it's the place where, you, where, where the elements come together to turn it into music. And Would you also say that it's the place where you can just simply get that done? Sorry? Would you also say that that is simply the place where one can get such things done? Because yeah. the scene is just bigger. It's easier because there are simply more people to choose from or more people yeah. to meet. I mean, if you live in a 25,000 uh, people city, you there is okay, yeah, you will be able to to create a band. And if you're lucky, you will you will be able to, to create a fantastic band. Mm. It is possible. But it's definitely easier in Vienna if you find each other. Mm. But I guess that it is also easier to find those people in Vienna because of course, you know, there are the spots where people like you hang out, or also people who are maybe into like purely electronic music because that i still remember in the 90s that was what vienna was also pretty well known for a good electronic scene um interestingly at the same time vienna is also always very high on the list of the city's most livable so cities with a certain quality of life do you think this this paradox is also something that is fascinating about Vienna for you also? Well, I think Vienna is the top grumpiest city in the world, isn't it? I Might be, but at the same time, a lot of people from Vienna say that they wouldn't want to live anywhere else. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, um, I lived in other places too during my life. And Vienna is for me, the, the only thing I miss is the ocean. I could it would that. be lovely to have an ocean, yes. But, um, well, then it wouldn't be Vienna. But yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah. Fun fact also for the outside listeners. I don't even know if Julia or Philip know it, but uh, the um, Austrian Navy. Yes, there was something like that. And if I remember correctly, the last guy, because it was basically like a one-man show who only had an office, the last guy who did that was kicked out of it or the office was closed like 15 years ago, which is funny because Austria hasn't had an ocean anywhere close uh, for like, what, 70, 70 years? More than 70, 78 years now. Yeah, but they had a, a navy. That is also funny about the Austrians. I love them. Um, we've already said that it's easier to find people in Vienna to play with. Would you also say it's easier to find an audience for your kind of stuff in Vienna? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I mean, I think um, the, it's always easier for us to play in big cities. Um, um, be, it, be it Berlin is also a very good city to us. Yeah. Linz, which is, uh, which is the third biggest city in Austria, is also always a very good place to us. So I think we're a band that, um, that works better in a large city. Um, if we play somewhere in the countryside, it's always um, difficult. And in Vienna, we we have a very we have a very good audience. Yeah. Would you say that it's also even easier and better for you if you play in cities which have like a leftist punk scene? Yeah, sure. Or some kind of established underground scene, be it punk hardcore, be it um, I don't know goth, something like that. Um, it's definitely easier for us. So then, does Munich work? No, not really, unfortunately. I thought so. I thought so. I mean, like, I live in the state of Bavaria, but I don't have to love them. So yeah. we played yeah. there uh, uh, one month ago in Munich, and there were like um, I think seventeen paying paying um, audience members. So was yeah. And one has to add that the guy who organized the whole thing, he did everything right. He really did put lots of work into it on social media, activated journalists. So he did everything right. So so we can't say, okay, so the person who organized it messed it up. No, this 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 guy is wow, thank you, thank you, thank you. But it's just actually we just talked about it. Yeah. We just talked about it at our last rehearsal that that Munich is, um, I think it's a very difficult city for, for underground yeah. bands, yeah, apart yeah. from real, really um, punk hardcore bands, there's an audience for that maybe, but for other genres, I think it's difficult in Munich. It's, it's, it, is. Uh, it is. a hard city to play. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I mean, like we've been now been talking about like the contrast between bigger cities and and you know urban versus rural austrian versus germany or whatever at the same time you're also a band that's working very well on a global scene because you have had 
remixes done by none other than, and now I have to read them off because there were four of them and they were really, really great. So you have Lustmord and Jarbo on do, doing remixes on the new album. And on the album before that, you have Will Brooks and Justin K. Roderick. So first of all, congratulations on getting those four people. Uh, how did those things happen? How did you get those people to do the, the remixes for you? Uh, we just asked them. It's mm -hmm. it's that easy. Um, apart from um, apart from Will Brooks, um, he was a friend with uh, with a friend of ours who mm -hmm. unfortunately passed away. Um, and there was some kind of personal connection to that friend of ours. But apart from that, uh, we just asked those guys and they, they agreed to do it. Um, I think uh, on the last album, um, um, as there were already remixes by, by, by Will Brooks and Justin K. Broderick, um, the new guys, they, they saw it maybe and thought, okay, well, if those guys did it, I mm -hmm. can do it too. And they all know each other. So I think there has been some, some kind so of it's, connection. It's like getting a foot in the door, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. A question about that Jarbo remix, because maybe once again, I'm stupid and didn't do my research well, but I think she remixed a track that I have not read on any of the other records. Is that just, I didn't see it, or is it really that way? Uh, you mean Severance? Uh, no, she did, didn't she do um, a different remix? Didn't she remix something else? Or am I no, just... It's just okay, it's, so... It's just called um, differently. It's called The Tale of Severance, but she remixed Severance, which okay. is the, the second track on a new album. Yeah, but then it's, it's just, just the tale of the tale. So, okay. um, and when you give those people your tracks, how open or how free are they to do whatever they want? Completely. Oh. Completely. What would you have done if Will turned this into a low rider hip hop track? I think we would have accepted it, where maybe with a with a grudge, but I think we would have accepted it. Uh, I think yeah. one of the reasons we asked him was that it was not to be expected from him. Yeah. So he, yeah. he would he he would <clears throat> do that. He he. I think that's one of the reasons why why we appreciate him so much. Mm -hmm. um, Justin K. Broderick, for example, he he asked what kind of remix he should do if he would mm -hmm. prefer some kind of danceable track, aka um, um, Jake Flash, mm -hmm. or if we rather have um, like more of a of the Yesu kind of sound. So, so he asked. Like, mm, so I ever do a little bit more dubby stuff versus more ambient, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and we decided for the more um, um, danceable, danceable version. Yeah, which is a very interesting thing. Um, I, I liked that because when I first saw that he did a remix, I thought like, okay, now we're going to get some good ambient remix. And then I listened to it and I was very positively surprised. I like, I like that. Um, we've already been talking about Severance and about the video or about your love for videos and visuals um so the severance video 
Uh, first of all, who came up with the idea for that? Um, it's a guy we know um, who plays in another band, um, also on Noise Appeal Records. Um, Bates is the drummer for that band, um, and we just asked him. Um, he he makes all kinds of visuals. He's a painter, and he does all kind of art. And we asked him, and he he did the whole video. He had the idea, and he just he just made it from start to finish. It's also interesting that he uses footage which seems to be meaningless for for a lot of people i guess and then combines it with pictures of an atomic bomb explosion um and we've already talked about you know phalanx having some kind of you know avant-garde idea and also um a, a post apocalyptic vision or however we want to call it i'm like lacking words right now but do you think that we are again living in an atomic age where we have the, the feeling as if you know okay at any point given there is one of those guys in one of those little spooky offices who pushes a button Uh, personally, I don't have that feeling, um, okay. and I think um, I'm not sure if 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 you can compare it right now with uh, with the Cold Wars in the in the eighties. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Julia. Well, I think uh, I mean basically, I'm I'm a bit bit older. I'm fifty one, and I grew up kind of with the Cold War and stuff, and uh, with um, rather pessimistic view to the whole thing. And then surprise, surprise, uh, the Velvet Revolution took place and uh, everything seemed to be fine. And then we found, yay, capitalism won. Oh, hooray, not. And uh, Even if it did, it wouldn't yeah, have been uh, that Sorry? Even if it had won. I didn't won, catch it. Even if it had won, we would have problems on a different level. Yeah. Well, the thing is... Uh, uh, to be honest myself, I have a very, very pessimistic view of the future. Mm. Very pessimistic indeed. And uh, I think we're living in a pre-apocalyptic stage. And um, sometimes I have the impression that, um, um, well, it's our cultural lifestyle. It's a chicken. Basically, the head is already cut off, but it's mm. still... We're still running around, around, right? Especially with, uh, with global warming and all those crises. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, um, uh, disclaimer, I'm a goth, um, pessimistic yeah, and, by uh, nature. Well, that's how goths thing found me. Yeah. Last question before we come to our infamous quickfire round. Um, do you use, and, and do you use phalanx as a running commentary on the present or do you use phalanx as a vehicle for any non for any for a certain vision that is not rooted in a certain setting time setting oh i would also say both yeah okay does that depend on the track 
Yeah, there there are some tracks with uh which are comments on on the current situation, but there are also tracks um which just deal with um a very general mood or 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 some kind of feeling um which doesn't have a certain a certain message or meaning maybe it's just about a, a feeling or a mood but there are also songs which deal with um, i don't know ca capitalism or state of society as a whole mm -hmm. so i would also say both yeah and there was okay. this song that we made for this uh sampler remember uh the one resign slipped down yeah yeah, and that was yeah. uh, that was basically something that you could shout during a rally. I mean, it was basically the stuff that you would shout. Like it, it was we we had a not so nice government, and when did when, when did we have the last nice government, Philip? Do you remember? I don't know if we did ever. Point. Well, but we when you joined the European Union, right? Beginning uh, the very early two thousands. Yeah. The 90s were quite okay-ish, but I think since the 2000s, I remember the first uh, black and blue government. And I had just given birth to a baby and I just, I'm sorry, kid. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we always end our interviews with our quick fire round. You get two alternatives, have to choose one of them. And maybe if you want to give a short explanation why. Let's start off with something easy. Skinny puppy versus Nizarep. Uh, Julia, you have to say. Um, I'm not a fan of, of, of either. So. It's a tough one, actually. I mean, uh, Skinny puppy is, of course, brilliant. Nizarep is also. Well, I, I would say Skinny puppy because uh, I actually had a ringtone that I created myself. So, yeah, Skinny puppy it is. Neubauten versus Frobbing Gristle. Uh, for me, Neubauten. Uh, it's just uh, just a band that I'm more familiar with, and that's um, that had uh, had a bigger influence on me. Tough one again, but um, I have more Neubauten records than Frobbing Gristle ones. So mm -hmm. Let's be honest. Let's make it a little easier. Neurosis versus Earth. Oh, that's a tough one. I know. Uh, I don't give you easy ones, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment, I would say Earth, because um, <laughs> after those those revelations about Scott Kelly, I don't know if you heard about it. That he, I, I that did. His wife and stuff like that, Neurosis has, um, at the moment, it has a... Uh, there's a bad um, kind of karma around it for, for me personally. Taste? Yeah, yeah. Uh, data and um, it's it's nothing that's 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 rational and they are um, they are not responsible for it. But yeah. um, I can't I can't remove it right now mm -hmm. uh, because it's very sad what happened and um, neurosis was very 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 influential on us and Scott Kelly and. Our guitarist Alfred, um, he played a lot of solo shows with Scott Kelly, and to find out that he's such an asshole is um, it's very disappointing and sad. 
before I pose another question related to that, Julia, who would you choose? Neubauten or Earth? Well, Earth. Uh, so, sorry, Neurosis or Earth? Yeah, Earth. Mm -hmm. I'm more the um, Earth vibe, so it's more, well, it's, it's just more my cup of tea. I, well, first of all, I can totally understand you. Second of all, I'm very, very happy to um, have done a long interview with Noah. And even though we did not talk about it, it gave my heart the possibility to heal and to listen to neurosis again. So for everybody who hasn't heard it, the interview is up on our YouTube channel, just like this one. So when you're watching this, just go ahead. Tell everybody that you're not available for the next two hours because it's nearly two hours long. Uh, and, and listen to what Noah has to say. And um, what I liked about it was that he, in a way, with his very calm nature, was able to, for me, was able to give me the chance of disassociating this band, which was also so, so important to me from what he did. So if anybody wants to look that up, maybe it'll help you cope with it. It did definitely for me. Um, and fun fact, uh, from the various times, several times that I've seen Neurosis, one was in Vienna. Okay. I think it was like, what, seven years ago, eight years ago at uh, Arena. Arena, yeah, yeah. I think I think I was there too. Yeah. Well, there I were a few people there. Mogwai versus Godspeed, you Black Emperor. For me, Mogwai, definitely. Julia? Half one. Not for um... me. I mean, Death Flag Blues is one of the absolute. <laughs> I'm I'm lost for words. It's just just incredibly brilliant. Um. Well, if you had asked me, like, say, three years ago, I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought twice as the Godspeed You Black Emperor. But um, I like the stuff they did, like in around 2015. But um. I find it hard to access the newer stuff that they are mm -hmm. doing. So, Mogwai it is. Okay. I also love Mogwai for their irony, which might be something that you like. I still remember Stuart having been asked on German TV, like, what is your aim in music? And his only reply in his wonderful accent was like, we want to be loud of a man of war. I also think um, the one album of Mogwai um, has the best album title ever. Hardcore will never die, but you will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Brilliant. And it also works yeah. very well with one of our track titles. Um, what is it? I'm Jim Morrison, you're dead or something like that. Yeah. I just love the irony behind it. Um, a little bit more calmer, but there is also something that I, something of both bands that I hear in your music. The Mount Fuji Doom Jazz Corporation versus the Kilimanjaro Dark Jazz Ensemble. Do they exist or are you making this up? <laughs> I'm not making it up. I'm not no. <laughs> fun, fun fact, by the way, it's basically the same people. 
I just know a few tracks of um, Kilimanjaro um, and I like them. So I just can opt for, for Kilimanjaro. And, and, and Julia, yes, they really exist and they're really good. It's like doing jazz. Right? I admit defeat and ignorance. No, so don't worry. Yeah, there is so much stuff that I don't know. I, I guess like whatever. Just you've, you've been speaking about hardcore and punk background. And coming from that, of course, I also have to ask. I'll have two couples for you. We start off with Sick of It All versus Snapcase. Uh, sick of It All, definitely. I am, I never got into this kind of new school hardcore. Mm -hmm. uh, sick of It All is 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 great, and they're still they're still great live, although they exist for I don't know thirty years. No, wait, nineteen eighty four. So it's 40. nearly forty years now. Yeah, yeah. Nah, Sigurd is a great is a great live band. Yeah, I've always been. Julia, your choice. To be honest, I I know both of them too little because I do do not have this hardcore punk background yeah. as much as the rest of the band has. Um, I'm probably I'm I'm very sure I already know Philip's answer to the next one, but nevertheless, breach versus refused. Refused. Also a tough one. Um... But I would say refused because of that great album, um, um, The Shape of Punk to Come. It was very, very influential. Um, I'm not too much of a fan of Dennis, I think he's called the singer and his later stuff. And he's all kind of um, demeanor. I don't like him, um, but but this one refused record was very, very influential. Definitely. So now something for the people in Vienna. You have to choose, and no matter if it should be vegan or not, you know, schnitzel versus stelze. You have to answer, Julia. I'm vegetarian, so. I'm very sure you also get a good vegan schnitzel at Fügelmeier's. Mm, yeah, but it's not that tasty. So, Julia. Oh, Schnitzel, definitely. Um, the Imperial Torte or Sacher Torte? Imperial, much better. Sacher Torte is for tourists. Actually, I don't really know what Imperial Torte is. I just know Sacher Torte. So, when you choose Sacher Torte? Yeah, okay. Interestingly, for my wife and me, it would be the same. I would always say Zacha Torte, but also only because I know that mine is better than the one at, at Zacha. And uh, my wife would always say Imperial. So uh, for all those who want to go to Vienna, now you have a few reasons to go. You can either try Schnitzel or Imperial Torte, same day. Maybe you should go for a longer walk after eating both on the same day. But even more important, you have maybe a chance to see Phalanx live after you have listened to the record, bought the record, fallen in love with it, and want to see the guys and the lady on stage. Julia and Philip, thanks for being on the show. And now is your chance for any final last words. Thank you for having us. Yeah.
Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. Remember what interesting means, right? Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean it this way. I know, that would I be know. interesting. He didn't put it in quotes, so he's saying. Yeah. So it's I, I say, quote and unquote, this was a very pleasurable talk for me as well. Thanks for being on the show. Bye-bye. Okay. See you. Bye-bye. Yeah.